you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Welcome to The Press Zone. We are so glad you're here with us again this week. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my fabulous co-host Rick Stevens. I'm the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And uh, Rick is our founder of Rocket Sports Media. He's also our editor-in-chief. Well, actually, he has about a million hats he wears behind the scenes. But, you know, we just keep chugging along and it's all because of him and his hard work. And we're so glad you're here with us today. Rick, how are you? I do wear many hats, but I don't have a reverse retro hat that's missing from my don't get me started Inventory. already. We're 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 gonna we're gonna talk about reverse retro today, <laughs> and it's gonna be spirited. I uh, just emphatically critical. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, wow. how about that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. It's one take. We have some thoughts. We have some thoughts. We had a good discussion. We have a um, a Slack group for the Rocket Sports crew mm-hmm. uh, that everybody um, participates in, and Mike Rashel. Uh, put the um, both both the Canadian jerseys and the and the Canadian all Canadian team jerseys mm-hmm. um, up and and gave his thoughts and then the rest of the team uh, chimed in and it was it was lively it was a, a lively, lively discussion. Twas I feel like in general yesterday was just one giant pile of hot takes on Twitter and social media about. Uh, Good, bad, and indifferent in terms of uh, these these thirty one new jerseys. So, yeah. We're... In terms, did they come in in the form of tweets or fleets? Uh, no, you could not fleet yesterday. No, uh, you can fleet today. Oh. If I, uh, if there was one thing that Twitter didn't need, it was to mimic what like three other social media platforms already do. But okay, let's. I, I I saw some. I don't know who it was, but some poor social media manager tweeted today. You know, things I need. Um, I need a lunch break. I need uh, a day off, and I need platforms to go more than twenty four hours without changing. <laughs> so yes, everyone in uh, if you if you do social media for a business at all, guess what. You've got a new feature now on Twitter that you get to also incorporate into your workday. <laughs> uh, and I saw another tweet today that basically said, so far, everyone's fleets today have just been something to the effect of how dumb fleets are. Okay. So that's a productive use of... But, you know, no edit button. So Twitter isn't getting <laughs> any closer to the real world, to reality. No, no, no Twitter is still not real life. Not at all, but uh, but now we have more. I guess I guess they're trying. 
obviously they're trying to be like Instagram. So whatever. Hmm. Hmm. Well, and there's been a mass exodus from Twitter uh, over the last month or so. So uh, there's that to deal with. Maybe they're just putting <laughs> some lipstick on it. <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, it's it's funny. We've, you know, we all saw social media really start to get ushered in about a decade ago. wonder if it goes out as quickly as it comes, as it came in. 2009 was a pretty good year for Twitter. It was and, fabulous. And since then. It's a cesspool of negativity mm-hmm. and stupidity. Bullying and, and some nasty, nasty people. On, there really on there. are. Yeah. Well, this, this show has taken a very uplifting <laughs> turn already. <laughs> well, we get to turn from we from do. that to hockey, which we is do. always uplifting to talk about. I know. About. Well, we are going to talk uh, in, we've got uh, two segments for you today. In our first segment, we're going to talk about um, some NHL news, give you some updates um, on some NHL topics. Yes, the reverse retro jerseys are going to be something we're going to discuss in that first segment. Also going to talk about um, Nikita Sherback is back in the headlines in Montreal again. He did an interview uh, with TVS Sport, and um, it's kind of interesting, some of the things that he had to say. Some of it, I, you know, we're, well, I'm going to save it for, for when we actually talk about it. But we are going to discuss some of the things that he said as he's, uh, you know, looking to get back into the NHL and uh, what what we think of, of some of his comments. Uh, and then in the second segment, we're going to just give you some news from beyond the NHL. We've got uh, a Movember update. We've got some NCAA news. We've got some World Junior news. Um and some interesting thing things with uh, uh, data and um, some advanced uh, programs that are that are on the horizon, and of course we've got a feel good finale. Can't let you go without something that actually is uplifting, especially as cranky as we've been at the beginning of this episode. So we'll make sure that you leave with a smile on your face. We promise. We promise. So in the first segment, um, I guess first and foremost, just a little bit of Habs roster news to get out of the way. Uh, we we mentioned to you last week that Josh Brook had Brent had been uh, loaned to uh, the German league uh, to the DEL to the Krefeld Penguin, and uh, not two days after the podcast, news came out that after his first game. Uh, in Germany uh, that uh, Josh Brooks then unfortunately tested positive for COVID-19. Not really how you want to get things started. Uh, So he is, uh, apparently he was symptom-free, but was quarantining at home. uh, And uh, so hopefully we're wishing him a speedy recovery and that doesn't have any, and that Josh doesn't suffer any uh, complications from covid Without him in the opening game of the Magenta Sport Cup, uh, Crefield lost 3-1, to one, unfortunately. Um, mm. And our dear friend Lucas Lessio was in the lineup. Lucas Lessio? Mm-hmm. We remember that guy. We remember that name. Blast from the past. It's like a mini Where Are They Now? He's playing for the Crefield Penguin. Um, so, before... Uh, let's. We've already 
dipped a toe into this reverse retro thing. If you have not been anywhere near any kind of internet or social media in the last 24 hours, you might be thinking, what in tarnation is this reverse retro thing? Well, uh, the NHL partnered with Adidas and each uh, of the 31 NHL franchises and they've designed, uh, they've come out with the alternate third jerseys that will be worn by the teams in this coming season, whenever that's going to be. Um, and quite frankly, you know, I know Board of Governors is meeting, the NHLPA has been really crunching the last few days and whatnot, but um, they're like TikTok, if they think that January 1st is going to be a start date, they're getting very close to the point where that's not going to be able to happen just logistically. Um However, whenever that season starts, the alternate third jerseys are going to be what's being dubbed as a reverse retro style. So each franchise worked with Adidas to come up with uh, kind of a retro throwback style of their of their jersey. Um, and well, Rick, there were some clear winners, I will say. All right. There were some clear, eh, like indifferent <laughs> choices, and there were then there were just some really, really, really terrible choices. So it's kind of all over the spectrum. I guess let's first start with the Habs and the Flyers. Um, I'll let you. What are your thoughts on the Habs jersey? Well, I think what's being said, um, and I'll agree, it's 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 a clean look, it's a familiar look, mm-hmm. um, and and it's so familiar that um, it wasn't necessarily uh, Adidas that we saw this concept come out from. It, a year and a half ago, there was a Laval designer who who put this out with the primary color of of blue, uh, but otherwise pretty recognizable as the the Canadians. Um, uh, sweater and and um, but it's 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 being called very ranger esque in terms I of think so, yeah. of the colors um, and and yet for me it's hard to it's hard to get on board um, the the concept when the when the primary color isn't red mm-hmm. uh, it just seems off to me and 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 there were some who liked the jersey some who didn't uh, some who hated it in our team. Um, my, I guess my thought is, uh, w- with this, it, it's supposed to be reminiscent of of the '76 um, season, and and '76 was start of a you know four straight Stanley Cups and and all of that. But '76 in Montreal is the um, the the Summer Olympics, and if they're going to tie it to 1976, it seems to be a miss that there's no, you know, if, if that's what they're going for the the retro part of this uh, seems to be a bit of a miss. Um, and I, I guess as far as third jerseys for the Canadians, we saw multiple jerseys um, throughout the, the anniversary year, the centennial year, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the jerseys that the way the Jersey had evolved through the years and, and the Canadians wore those jerseys um, during the centennial year. And, and, and I would have liked to have seen some sort of connection, uh, with one of those historic jerseys. Um, but you know, all of this is, is, uh, not away from the Canadians, but to the NHL, the point is what, uh, the point is, is, 
enthusiasm. The point is a cash grab. The point is, you know, I'm at a time when, um, you know, not a lot of people have money to be thrown around on a $300 jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, they're adding one more for people to buy in. I don't, I don't know if the timing's right on that. I guess maybe they're hoping Christmas, maybe. Um, but I do agree with you. The as a growing up in Eastern Pennsylvania, the this makes me think it's a rain, at first glance. It's it's too as you say ranger esque. Um, but I do it, it. The it's got clean lines. It's a it's an attractive jersey. It, it's it's nice looking. It's just not my cup of tea with the color scheme. Um, now for the Flyers jersey, you know they they almost had a winner here. Anyone who has listened to this podcast or who knows me knows that I am dying for them to go back to a a predominantly black jersey um, with orange and white accents. Not the outdoor game, not the Winter Classic jersey. I think that was a little much. Um, but they came really close, except for the orange underarm which just makes you look yeah. like you've got this orange bubble at the top of your torso. They're, you know, f- fine, leave leave the orange panel on, on the front and back, but it didn't need to be on the underside of the sleeves. I think that is the big turnoff and the white cuffs. The white cuffs just look cheap. Um, I think you could have gone with an all black sleeve with a, a white and orange band around the elbow and you'd have been good with none of the orange... Uh, Underarm. So Philadelphia didn't do a bad job. It's close. Um, but honestly, I would even be able to forgive the white cuffs if it didn't have the orange on the underside of the sleeve. But because of that, because of that mushroomy bubble looking thing that that your arms create that shape in the front and the back, I'm not gonna be parting my hard-earned cash with this one, I gotta say. Um in general, the thing, the ones that I that I liked, uh, I think the Kings did an exceptional job. The the going back to the purple and gold um, with with it just just looks really sharp. Uh, so the Kings did a did a tremendous job. Um, the where am I here? The Panthers. I actually thought that the Panthers did a nice job. Uh, their colors really popped out really nicely um, with the different uh, striping and so forth. The sabers also, um, really nice job. The 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 crossed swords, uh, the buffalo along the bottom. The colors look really really nice. Um, and I actually think that the uh, Rangers did a decent job uh, with with theirs. And uh, good on the Carolina Hurricanes for going with the Hartford Whalers. Uh, Jersey. Um, I think there's plenty of nostalgic folks that will pick up a Whalers uh, Hurricanes third jersey. Um, were there any that I didn't mention that you liked? Well, of the ones you mentioned, probably my favorite is the Kings, and uh, I really like I really like the purple um, mm-hmm. rather than the black. Uh, the crown uh, was I I liked that. Yeah. Rogie Vashon always looked terrific in in. Uh, King's jersey, but they did they they blended the two jerseys quite nicely the the old and the new the new crest, the uh, um, former color and the jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think that was that was probably my favorite out of all of them. 
Um, the Flames the, isn't bad either. The and, and the Flames is not bad either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with um, uh, what's his name, Blasty. Yeah. Um, the, the I, I like I like the Hartford. I just like the Hartford Whalers jersey. Yeah. Um, and I like the the look of of the Nordique. Uh, but uh, for both of those teams, I mean, the the Colorado jersey is um, is love hate. If you're in <laughs> Quebec, you hate it. That's right. Uh, if you're, you know, uh, the rest of the the North American is, seem to love it, and the same for um, the the Carolina Hurricanes. There's there's nothing that ties it to the Carolina Hurricanes at all. Right. It's a Hartford Whaler jersey, and if you've had your team ripped away from you. That's got to be tough. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it looks great, and we love to see that jersey again, but it's tough for Hartford Whalers fans. Um, and, and the same goes for uh, fans of the Nordiques, who are, are not pleased. No. Um, you know, I, I thought the NHL was being silly by hiding the, the Blackhawks' beautiful logo. Um, I think that... Uh, Detroit was, I mean, that looks like a practice jersey. It's, it's terrible. terrible. It's just awful. I saw somebody tweet when you forgot the assignment until the night before. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, crap, we were supposed to do this. Uh, the cartoon scribble of the the ducks. The ducks jersey uh, is, is bad. Is bad. Uh, uh, the coyotes is clownish. Oh. Um, it's just. It, and it, I get the ties to that style. That that logo for the Coyotes, but I just don't like Colors how this jersey's been no, designed. It's, it's it's terrible. Um, I don't yeah. like Vegas's. No, it looks. I realize it's supposed to look like some sort of like medieval tunic, but that's just it. It looks like a tunic. It doesn't look like a hockey jersey. I'm disappointed that the the Islanders didn't bring back the Captain Highliner uh, logo. Uh, <laughs> Lou Lamorella would have never allowed for it. theirs. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, the poor Jets, the poor Winnipeg Jets. That is that is a like, hideous jersey. It's really bad. Um, you know, they're using the the old uh, uh, logo on it, but the gray. Um, the gray is terrible. It's, it's just awful. I've. And and the Leafs again, lack of creativity there. They just made a really big maple leaf. Um, yeah, well, and <laughs> you know, and the Blues. I don't know what that looks like. Some nightmare out of the eighties or something. It's I. The colors in that are terrible. Um, red and yellow and blue are just never a great combination. Um, I will tip little tip of the hat to the Wild for going with the North Stars colors. Um. And, and kind of like you were saying, you know, with the Nordique jersey and the whale jersey, you don't see the you don't see Colorado or or Carolina in that. Whereas Minnesota gave a tribute to the to the North Stars while still maintaining their Minnesota Wild logo. So I thought that was a really nice uh, compromise between the two. Um, Predators looks the same. Boston. Eh. Um Tampa Bay, I didn't like very much either. Um, I didn't really notice much difference there. Um. No. Uh, the Blue Jackets is a little cartoonish for me. I'm not I'm not a big fan. And quite frankly, I mean, I'm not a fan of anything that has a Penguins logo on it to begin with, but I don't think Pitt- – I don't like Pittsburgh's choice either. Um, so, yeah, there were some – like I said, there were some clear winners – 
there were some that were just okay. And there was a lot that were really bad, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, I guess they'll find out with sales how uh, how that and, goes. And the Bruins. I mean, that's just sad. It's just sad. That's all I know. Like, Just really sad. Be creative. Put the, put the bear. Put the bear on there. There you go. What do I know? Mustard yellow. It's Mustard, lovely. yes. Well, it's like a it's like a lemon yellow. I don't know. Ugh. We would love to know what your thoughts are, though. What's your favorite of the reverse retros? What's your most hated of the reverse retros? Because let me let me tell you that Anaheim, that Ducks jersey is polarizing. There's people on Twitter who absolutely love it, and there's people that absolutely hate it. Uh, so let us know. Tweet us at the AHL report. Let us know what's your favorite of the reverse retro options. What's your least favorite of the reverse retro options? And uh, if you buy one, take a picture and tweet it to us. We'd, we'll uh, we'll share it. Let everyone see your New Jersey. Um, well, speaking of controversy, uh, if there's one name in Montreal Canadiens fan media world that brings up controversy in recent years. It's Nikita Sherback. Um, and we have had extensive discussions on this, on this show, um, regarding Nikita Sherback, uh, and helped to, you know, expose a little more behind the scenes of what, uh, really happened as his, as the chapter in his career with Montreal uh, started to wind down and so forth. Um, we've had conversations with Nikita uh, and, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, we have then followed his, his career, leaving the Canadians, going to the LA Kings organization, then uh, a couple of different teams in the KHL. Um, and it seems Rick that now, uh, you know, he's a, he's a new dad, not only is he newly married uh, but he, uh, from a year ago, but he's a new dad now. And uh, he and his wife, Laurie, are living in Quebec. Uh, keep in mind, uh, her mother is based in, in Quebec near Montreal. So probably living close to um, Nikita's mother-in-law for help with the baby and so forth. Uh, but he did an interview this past week. Uh, with Anthony Martineau uh, from TBS Sport. And, you know, it's... I find it a little unfortunate uh, that instead of actually writing a headline, uh, Mr. Martineau decided to just put in quotation marks, I messed up and it's all my fault. <laughs> um, and so that's a bit of a leading headline. Um, and not and, and taken a little out of context. So, Rick, let's talk a little bit about what this article actually says. Uh, I'm sure everyone who read this article was, oh, see, look at that. Nikita Sherbeck says, we were right. The whole thing was his part, was his fault. Uh, Claude Julien, Marc Bergevin, Montreal Canadiens, they they can wash their hands of any any uh, any guilt on how this this relationship with this player went so wrong. And 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 you might get that, uh, you know. It's it the whole the whole article. It's it's all very disingenuous, and certainly, 
um, as you said, taken out of context, the the headline, which many will just read the headline and yeah. and no and go no further, um, and that will cement what they've always thought. I, I can confidently say that other than Nikita Sherback, there are uh, there are. N- there doesn't exist two other people who know more about this issue than you and I. Um, I, 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 I'm confident of that. Um, and, and, um, I, uh, this is pretty obvious what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that, um, Nikita Sherback is, a is a proud kid who, um, came as as a first round pick had expectations of himself had expectations of the opportunity he would was uh, was expecting uh that didn't happen he went to talk to Mark Bergevin about it and at that point um it it seemed like it was something very uh normal and and uh, that uh, to to Nikita Sherback he seemed that's that's the way I deal with things I mm-hmm. take them head on but it's not how um it was received and and things became very very personal after that there was a bit of a cultural divide and um and uh, you know the Canadians um did things uh, to uh, just strip the will uh, for playing hockey from Nikita Sherback. And that that's that's plain and simple. He lost the will to play hockey. And that's Absolutely. that that's unfortunate. Um, that's really unfortunate uh, because it became personal. Uh, as as we've seen um, with other with other prospects, with other players, uh, Mark Bergevin did his best to absolutely destroy the uh, the player, the will, the reputation, um, uh, the, because he takes it personally. So we had Nikita taking it personally, we had Mark Bergevin taking it personally, and it it didn't work out well. Um, even even when you know uh, Mark Bergevin turned down trades uh, because he was going to embarrass Nikita, putting him on waivers, uh, and uh, the Los Angeles Kings picked him up. The Montreal Canadiens did what they, uh, you know, went to the extra step of poisoning poisoning that well with the Los Angeles Kings, as well. Uh, we know that that uh, Renault Lavoie, he, you know, the handpicked uh, information uh, stream for for the Canadians uh, called up Luke Robitaille, the president of of uh, the Kings, and said, "Hey, the player player you picked up on waivers." That's a huge mistake. You don't want him. He can't play in the NHL. He can't play. He doesn't have the skill to play in the um, AHL, and he's not even an ECHL player. You should get rid of him. Um, and after scoring his first goal in his first game with the Los Angeles Kings, uh, Nikita Sherback's ice time was cut. Um, and uh, then, then Nikita took all that personally as well as he was shipped to the AHL. And he just lost his way. He lost his his desire, mm-hmm. his commitment, uh, all of that, and went over to the KHL. And you know, he didn't. In that case, he didn't uh, apply himself. He he didn't uh, uh, take advantage of the opportunity he was given, and it was his fault, um, absolutely. Um, but the whole situation setting up. Ahead of that, in in the NHL, was not his fault. Um, 
and I think that now we see um, we see a young man who went back to uh, Russia and 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 I guess uh, realized that he had moved on. He, you know, after the spending six years in in North America, he went back and. And he said it wasn't the same country. It, it, he, he didn't have the same connection. His wife, all her work was, um, was in North America. And now there, with the baby, there's a family uh, ties in North America. So um, he's, he sat down with his agent and he's, he's taken it upon himself to make reparations and make himself attractive to a new NHL team. He wants to play hockey. He wants to play in the NHL again. And he is going to take all the sins uh, that happened upon himself uh, to, to as an easy way of, of, of wiping that slate clean and, uh, and starting again uh, to play hockey with a, a, a team other than the Montreal Canadiens in the NHL. Absolutely. You know, it's and he, and he has said, uh, you know, in the course of this interview, he says, you know, he's he's training unbelievably well. He says he's in the, the best shape of his life. He says he's in fantastic shape. He's ready to go. So, yes, he's obviously um, and I imagine that agreeing to do this interview with TVS Sport was is part of uh, the the plan of getting some attention back on him in a positive light and and finding ways to make inroads and baby steps into getting back into North American uh, NHL play. Um, so some of the things that he says in the article, you know, I, I think a couple of things have happened with Nikita Sherback. You know, he keep in mind, he's young. Uh, yes, he's married. Yes, he's a dad, but he's young. Um, you know, he's still in his early 20s. And during the course of his time with Montreal, he was certainly young. He was in his very early 20s at that point. And and so there is a bit of a maturity. Um, you know, I agree with Rick completely that, that part of this is, you know, okay, I need to kind of right the ship here a bit in as far as North American hockey goes. I think part of it is um, growing up a little bit um, and things look different in hindsight, of course. You know, he says, um, he has a quote here when, when he's asked, does he think that he had a real chance to show off when he played with Montreal. And he says, quote, absolutely, I had my chance. People were hoping to see more from me. And you know what? Me too. I haven't been consistent enough to dislodge someone. Meaning, you know, he's he's recognizing, you know, again, he's putting some of that blame on himself saying, you know, I didn't take someone's job away from them and that's on me. Um, so some of it, I think, is maturity, which... I will tip my hat to him for for kind of being able to to grow uh, as a as a young man. Um, some of it, I think, overreaches a little bit on on really trying to, as Rick was saying, you know, really shoulder a lot of the blame and burdens. and And again, I understand why he's doing it. Uh, it's a shame. he you know, he says, you know, he talks about the the interview that he did with a Russian publication uh, last summer where he had some very, very harsh things to say about um, Michel Therrien and Mark Bergevin and the Canadians organization. He, he walked some of those back in this interview saying, you know, I was speaking out of emotion and I regret some of those things that I said. Um, so it will be interesting to see how this develops now. Um, 
You know, he says he's very, he's thrilled with being a dad. He's, he's grateful that he's, um, you know, has a, has a young son, beautiful wife. Um, but really just, um, his, he says that, uh, he's in his agent says that he's currently in contact with various teams in the NHL and discussions are well underway. Uh, and Nikita says, playing in the NHL remains a dream for me and always will be. There are several leagues around the world, but the National Hockey League is the best, and that's where I want to play. I believe I can do it on a regular basis. Um, and Rick, I have to say, I, I I think I can speak for both of us when I say we believe he can do it on a regular basis. Um I'm just hoping that he gets a fair shake at things this time around. Um, and, and we'll see what, what this, I don't want to say it's an apology tour, this, this interview that he did, but, but this reconciling what happened when he left North America, um, hopefully something good will come out of that. Yeah, it's, it's easy. He goes out, he accepts all responsibility, although, you know, not, not, not accurately. No. Um, and and that kind of ends that chapter. And now he can move on and say, um, you know, a clean slate, uh, uh, evaluate me for what I am now. And I mean, the talent is there. Absolutely. The skill is there. Uh, he was a first round pick and uh, for, for very good reason. Now he's just got to prove to everybody that he has the right maturity, the right attitude and the right commitment. My hope for him is that he finds a good situation. Uh, that he's put in positions to succeed and that he finds and that he rediscovers that love and passion for hockey. But because Rick, like, like you mentioned, it was really, uh, it was really sad to see him lose that love for the game. Um, and uh, we just want to see, see that spark again, I guess. <laughs> um, and it is a shame that uh, the, the, the culpability on the Canadian side uh, will will really never be reckoned, um, and you know, it's it is it's a shame that it that it comes to that. Um, but hopefully, his next chapter will be a little more brighter, a little more bright. Maybe I should. I can't speak English today. <laughs> All right. Well, with on that note, we'll be sure to keep you posted if if uh, if there's any news about uh, how any of those NHL talks with Nikita Sherback and his agent uh, develop. Uh, until then, um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to go beyond the uh, NHL and AHL. We're going to give you some news from around uh, the NCAA and the World Juniors and some other great hockey news. So don't go anywhere we will be back right after this the press zone is proud to be a partner of rocket sports media digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed engaged entertained and connected learn more about rsm its team and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. 
Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. Welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And again, um, don't forget, you should be following us on Twitter at the AHL Report, at the Flyers Report. Those are the two best places to follow us, at the AHL Report, at the Flyers Report. Um this week will be a great week for you. If you're not following us already, be sure to do that this week. Uh, our uh, media accreditation, our credentials came through from Hockey Canada this week uh, to cover uh, the entirety of their jun- uh, World Juniors selection camp that started uh, yesterday. And uh, well, today they had their first practices. Uh, so we will begin uh, covering those uh, Zoom media availabilities uh, as they happen and gameplay scrimmages between um, between the red and the white teams will begin this weekend. Um, so be sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL report at the Flyers report and we'll keep you updated on all of the prospects and how they do as Team Canada tries to figure out who is going to be on their final roster for the World Juniors. Um Speaking of playing hockey, and I'm sure everyone's going to be, uh, I, I believe T, um, I believe RDS and TSN will be carrying some of those games from Team Canada's camp. So if you are in Canada, north of the border, you get TSN or RDS. Uh, you may have some hockey to watch this weekend. Uh, as far as uh, the NCAA goes, Rick, a um, couple big announcements uh, that have come out. Uh, this past week regarding kind of more casualties uh, as far as sports go um, for the NCAA thanks to the coronavirus. Uh, first, it was announced that the Ivy League has canceled all winter sports, uh, and so that includes hockey. Uh, now, keep in mind, the Ivy League was the first one to cancel fall sports, including football, um, and so they are the first ones to come out and just completely scrap their winter sports. Uh, so. I believe that's 10 schools, uh, which uh, now will not have their winter sports programs, unfortunately. Um, and it was announced this week that the bean pot is not going to take place this year mm-hmm. in 2021. Uh, they say, you know, just due to the coronavirus and, um, you know, logistics of trying to do that, they've canceled the 2021 bean pot tournament. And so they look forward to seeing everybody in 2022. Uh, so, Rick, it's. Uh, Whew. 
losing some big events uh, and and some big things happening uh, in in hockey. And uh, but you know we're we're the other leagues are are they're starting. Well, mm-hmm. fits and starts are starting. Yeah. Um, you know, Cole Caulfield played. Uh, we've got the ECHL maybe maybe three weeks away from part of the league starting. Maybe um, the, and we should be hearing um, an announcement in the next week or so from the NHL. They have to. Um, time's running out uh, for them to make decisions uh, where the league's going. The the AHL, of course, February fifth is the start date so far, and and um, uh, the OHL right around that date as well. So. Um, some hockey is being played, um, and tentative attempts being made at, uh, by other leagues. Absolutely. So we'll, uh, keep an eye on which ones are moving forward, which ones are able to start, which ones get canceled and we'll keep you updated. Um, if you tuned into last week's show, we had a fantastic interview with Sam Wilson, who is a spokesperson for Movember Canada, um, and, had a great interview with him about the importance of the Movember campaign, how it really is an all-year-round initiative, not just in November, um, and and really what the campaign serves and who it serves. Um, and if you missed that episode, we greatly encourage you to go back and listen to last week's episode with uh, and that interview with Sam. It was a really, really good conversation. Uh, but Rick, the uh, the Rocket Sports Media uh, fundraising page for Movember is uh, alive and well and and uh, already uh, bringing in some donations. And uh, it's really great to see. And we want to keep we want to keep that momentum going. And it's bringing in donations from listeners to this show mm-hmm. um, and our other Rocket Sports podcasts. Um, the uh, the the. I'll just say thank you to, uh, <laughs> yeah, I won't name them specifically, but I'll say thank you to uh, a, a regular listener um, and uh, and their family who provided a very generous donation to uh, to kick it off and, and more followed from that. And so we're well on our way with uh, just over halfway through the way through Movember. And uh, if you have the means to, uh, to donate, you want to find our Movember page, look for all Habs, all Habs uh, on the Movember page, and uh, you can make a donation there if you can. That's right. The direct li- uh, the direct site for that is moteam.co slash all Habs. So visit there, and if you can donate, that'd be great. Um, we have some sad news to, uh, to share, Rick. Um, there was a uh, news came out this past week. Uh, that a young man who has um, people have talked about kind of all summer long through throughout things and his uh, health battles uh, finally uh, did unfortunately pass away. And that was Noah Dugas um, who passed away last week. And it's just, um, you know, this was a, a wonderful young man with a very bright future who certainly loved the game of hockey, Rick. And we're, we're, we're quite sad to hear that, that he has passed on. Played for the North Bay Trappers, um, in a minor league team, major peewee uh, hockey, um, and he didn't feel well uh, after a game um, in March and went to a hospital in Ottawa and then ended up at, at SickKids Hospital in Toronto. Um, and doctors believe he had a, a blood clot in his brain, which led to a stroke, uh, and he passed away. His, his cousin, Megan Odd, had kind of alerted the hockey world 
uh, back in September, uh, putting out a, a tweet for um, uh, um, support, mm-hmm. and uh, and it kind of went viral, and um, all kinds of uh, hockey players, uh, Connor McDavid, Mitch Marner, Zach Hyman, uh, they all um, um, either uh, sent uh, tweets of, of support or, in some cases, uh, sent auto- autographs and gear to uh, Noah while he, while he was in hospital. Mm. It's uh, our thoughts are with our thoughts and condolences go out to his family and friends, and uh, it's uh, never it's never easy uh, to hear when uh, when these these bright young people uh, are taken from us a little too soon. Uh, so our thoughts are with his family. Um, there was an interesting piece of news that came out this week, Rick. You know, one of the things you even mentioned this during the return to play, um, where was all this advanced data collecting that was supposed mm-hmm. to happen during the NHL playoffs this year, during a normal season this year? Um you know that was the big hype last season. Was Gary Bettman was all fired up for the for the playoffs to come, uh, because the new you know puck tracking, puck you know puck possession and and advanced analytics and data from from microchips and so forth on the players was was all supposed to start being used. Um, and we we there were dribs and drabs of of things that came out during the return to play but not in the the large form fashion that i think everyone was expecting well this week um rogers sportsnet and the university of waterloo uh, launched a week-long initiative called the hockey hackathon uh this is a virtual hackathon um which as their release says, quote, offers a unique opportunity for students to design applications to enhance the fan experience for Sportsnet viewers using Rogers's, Ford, uh, Rogers' 5G technology and data from the NHL's puck and player tracking system during the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. So essentially, Rick, there's going to be... Um, a team of students from the University of Waterloo in their in their tech campus who are going to take, you know, 5G capability, the data tracking, and they're going to compete to develop products and applications for uh, fans to enhance their experience uh, watching hockey uh, on Sportsnet. Um, It says potential solutions may involve augmented reality, second screen experiences, as well as fantasy and other gaming or e-commerce applications. Uh, and there's uh, some prizes on the line as well as job opportunities. So um, I think this is a really interesting way of trying to figure out exactly what they can do with this data now that now that they've got the technology to to gather it. On or adjacent, I guess, to the um, University of Waterloo campus is a, a University of Waterloo Research and Technology Park, and it's kind of an um, there's a an institute for innovation or the Canadian Innovation Center, I guess it's called, is there, um, and it's kind of a pri- uh, a partnership between uh, private business and uh, and the university, uh, where new ideas and research and, and innovation and entrepreneurship and all of these things are uh, are explored, and and this is where this will take place, and it's a great idea uh, because we have the new. Um, 
from from the data collection part, part this is all new um, the the tracking software that's going to be used and and as you said uh, we had expected to see more of um, when the season was um, was paused uh, back in March uh, the, the league was um, was was going rink to rink of those uh, uh, clubs that would be probably eligible for the playoffs and installing all of this all of the uh, the, the tracking mm-hmm. um, uh, equipment that would be needed. Um, and as you said, we didn't see it so much in the bubble, uh, but there is, there's all kinds of opportunity uh, for the use of this data. Um, and and so now with 5G and the, the reduced latency that that provides, um, th- this is a great way to... to, to Get technology to see what you know. What kind of apps would fans like? What, how would they like to interact with this new information? Uh, and this uh, choosing the University of Waterloo, uh, the Innovation Center, the Research and Technology Park is is. Pr- I, I'm I'm I, f- I feel very proud because I was in the fa- faculty of mathematics at the University of, of Waterloo. I've lived in Waterloo. It's uh, it's a great uh, university. It's a, it's a great city to to live in and um and and this is i think this is really exciting for hockey fans uh the kind of of uh apps that will will come out of this um and the kind of software that might come out of this to be able to use the information to uh, interpret information and to play with the information absolutely and i think it's a tremendous opportunity for these students as well a really unique chance to have uh real world impact um, albeit in their academic setting, uh, I, I think it's it's a tremendous opportunity for them as well, and I wish them luck. And I can't wait to see what they come. You know, instead of instead of think tanking something like this solely inside the realm of the NHL, I do commend them for for um, you know taking Sportsnet and Rogers and everyone partnering together and saying let's let's go and speak to the people who are studying this and and are experts in this type of thing and let's let's get some ideas from you know a different perspective and i think that's uh, i think it's going to come up with some really great solutions and i'm i'm also very excited to see how that all works out and how it changes the broadcast uh, because yes. uh, there'll be all kinds of information available to broadcasters and and choosing what's uh, important to to include in the broadcast is going to be a, a very critical decision. Absolutely, it's all going to be different. It'll be really exciting to see how how this turns out. So we'll keep you posted on this for sure. Well, I promise that even though we were a little grumbly to start off the show today, that we would end things on an uplifting note. And of course, we have our uh, weekly feel good finale, and I call this one Thomas Number Two. Uh, one of Rick's, I think, favorite stories uh, this year, he's mentioned, we've mentioned it a few times on the show, uh, to come out of the coronavirus pandemic uh, was uh, the story of Captain Sir Thomas More and his, uh, this centenarian's you know, he, he raised millions of dollars and has been knighted by Queen Elizabeth and all sorts of things for his uh, efforts to raise money during the pandemic just simply by doing laps around his garden. Well, he's inspired some copycats, and there was a six-year-old uh, 
um, from Emmerdale, and this was an article that was in The Guardian, um, and there was a young a six-year-old named Teddy James Thomas, uh, sorry, from he's from Manchester, and um, Teddy had World History Day at school, and so his parents asked who did you want to? Who did you want to get dressed up as to to go as for World History Day? And he said, "Well, I want to go as Captain Sir Tom Moore." So there's this <laughs> tremendous photograph of this six year old dressed up to look like Captain Sir Thomas Moore, but he took it one step even further. He said, "You know, I want to do something to help people too." So he has started doing uh, walking laps uh, around. Uh, around his property as well. And so far, he's raised more than 10,000 pounds for something called the Spin Foundation, which is a charity that his dad is helping to set up at uh, at school to help feed children in schools and homeless people. And so this little six-year-old, uh, Teddy James Thomas, was inspired by Captain Sir Thomas Moore, and he's now raising his own batch of money uh, to help uh, feed people in need. And I think it's just tremendous, the ripple effect that Ca- Captain Sir Thomas Moore has had uh, this year. Fantastic. And Captain Sir Tom Moore, uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, received a, a new uh, recognition, and, and that was from the Daily Mirror. Uh, he was awarded the Pride of Britain Award. Wow. Um, and just following that, and to acknowledge that, um, he becomes the oldest person to grace the front cover of GQ magazine. He was on... <laughs> he, he got the cover for the January... February 2021 edition of GQ magazine magazine and they called him um, the inspiration of the year. Oh well, I think I I would agree with that. A very inspiring uh, man, very inspiring story, and it's been just wonderful and remarkable to see the impact he's had worldwide, uh, but to also see the wonderful things that that he, the the heaps of praise and accolades that have been bestowed upon him very appropriately uh, this year. It's It's been very heartwarming to see. Um, Want to take a quick moment just to say a special thank you once again to uh, everyone who entered our contest to win a copy of Ken Reed's new book, um, One to Remember. Uh, and uh Thank you to everyone who did enter that contest. Our win- our winners have been notified, and their books will be shipping out this week. So uh, thank you to Ken Reed. Thank you to uh, ECW Publishing and uh, to everyone who entered that contest. And uh, winners, you've been contacted, and you'll be receiving your prizes very soon. Uh, one last programming note. Uh, we will not be here next week. We will... Yes, I know. It's crazy. We, we're we here each and every week, but uh, we're going to take one holiday week next week um, prior to my American Thanksgiving here. Uh, and so have no fear. We uh, will still be working on show things. In fact, we've got uh, an interview uh, cooking that uh, we'll probably be able to share with you uh, the following week when we, when we return on the 1st of December. 
Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's so close. Uh, but yes, we've got a tremendous interview uh, getting lined up uh, that you will not want to miss. It'll be a really fascinating, fascinating conversation. Uh, but Rick, until then, um, folks might want to take some time and go back and listen to some of the interviews we've done in recent weeks and recent months. We've had a really uh, tremendous lineup of guests uh, this season so far on the Press Zone. So how can people go back and listen to episodes that they may have missed? Well, you can do that by visiting one of our websites. AHLReport.com is uh, one way to do it. ThePressZone.com is another way or RocketSportsRadio.com. AHLReport.com, ThePressZone.com, or RocketSportsRadio.com. The other way is to uh, subscribe to The Press Zone on your favorite uh, podcast app and uh, just search through the the archive there to um, listen to the episodes you may uh, have missed uh, in recent weeks. And for Habs fans, this is not the only um, Habs-related podcast that we do at Rocket Sports. Uh, You also host Canadians Connection every Saturday with Joe Whalen. Um, and uh, where can people go if they've if they're not familiar with that podcast? Where can they go to check that out and and subscribe and and start becoming regular listeners of that show? CanadiansConnection.com and uh, AllHabs.net. AllHabs.net. CanadiansConnection.com. Plenty to keep you entertained and informed. Uh, it's, uh, you know, there's no shortage of hockey news, even though uh, the NHL is currently in its off season. So uh, we want you to be safe. Um, for those of you uh, down here in the States, uh, please have a very happy Thanksgiving, a safe Thanksgiving uh, next week. And we just appreciate you being here each and every week joining us for uh, the Press Zone. And we will be back with you to ring in December uh, with uh, some really great uh, content and and a great interview. So we will see you then. Be safe. Uh, enjoy your week. And we'll see you soon. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.